every Friday night after the League of Ireland games, a place for you to come to give your opinion to vent. There's a little button down on the left-hand corner where you can say that you want to talk. Catch League of Ireland late night, Friday nights at 10 on Twitter Spaces. Follow at Off The Ball. Hello there, folks. How are you all doing? You're all very welcome along to GA Late Night. It is the first time we're trialling this here in terms of the GA. But um, as many of you football listeners out there will know, League of Ireland Late Night has been going for the last couple of weeks and they're still on air, so we said we'd try it out for the GA. I am delighted to say that this week I'm going to be joined by Dahi Regan. So Dahi's going to be chatting through the weekend with me now. I'm going to welcome Dahi in here now in a second. He's just joining up. Um, so the way that this works is that myself and Dahi will chat through some of the games. We'll have a bit of crack. We'll go through the results. But it's up to you to set the agenda and get in touch, to call in, to have a chat. I can see already that we've got two people requesting to, to speak. Kate O'Brien, you're first in the queue. And Ryan, we're going to get to you a little later as well. So, um, Dahi, if you want to unmute yourself there, we might say hello and have a chat and uh, set the tone. The mic in the corner... If you can hit that, you can turn it off. Can you hear me? Di Regan, how are you? I can hear you perfectly. How are you? This is Dahi's first time backing off the ball in a little while, so struggling with the mic there. Dahi, you might have just flicked off the mic. Are you back? How are you, Tommy? How are things? I'm great. How are you? How are you keeping? Great, Great to be back. Ah, it's brilliant to have you back. Start of the championship season again. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Thoroughly enjoyed that today as well. It was a brilliant day. Ah, absolutely. And Shane Lowry is absolutely flying there at the moment as well. So we're not done with our day's sport. He's really, he's, he's playing great stuff. Have you Lowry on in the background there? Because I've got New York Sligo on. I'm going to switch over to Lowry in a little while. I, I don't, to be honest with you. I'm getting messages coming through from it. I'm down in uh, Liscanor for the weekend and we don't have Sky Sports in the house. So oh, I've, a mate, I've a mate of mine down in the village with a pint on for me at half nine when we're done to go down and look at the end. Lovely. Of <laughs> it's um, fantastic. Yeah, good, good, okay. Good weekend of sport. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So what did you do today for Easter dinner? You're, you're hardly cooking if you're down in Liscanor. No, we didn't. No, Edel's parents have a have a place down here in Liscanor. Sydney O'Brien, a very, very famous pub in Liscanor. An old, lovely gentleman has it. But uh, last night he officially opened up after the, the COVID thing. It's a really, really small pub. Anyone okay. down here would know it. So he opened up again last night. I think he's 86 years of age. So we went into an assignment today for a bit of dinner. So... Um, a quiet day all around, to be honest. I'm really looking forward to this, and I've been looking forward to this for the last couple of days. I think it's a couple of years since uh, since we were on, and lots of things have happened in the meantime. But as well, even in two years, more and more changes with the game. It just never ceases to amass trust behind teams and how everyone is still looking to reinvent themselves. But, the you know, there's a lot of the core that's there. Yes. It's still applicable, but... Um, now and again, and when we get into it further, I'm interested in other people's views as well. I just think sometimes it's not trigonometry we have here, and I just think sometimes teams can still tend to overcomplicate hurling. Uh, 100%. I think uh, a quote that you gave me earlier on, we had a quick chat at halftime of the Cork Limerick game. Now, you didn't you didn't go full Pats Milan. You didn't say it was constipated football. You said it was complicated hurling that Cork were playing. Yeah, at times, um, at times, and if you look at the goal that Limerick scored in the first half, it it was from a cork cork defensive error with with, with a pass not going to hand. Doing is predicated on accuracy, the accuracy of the short pass, and when you have a lot of laying the ball off to a guy taking it at speed, the hand pass and the accuracy must be absolutely nailed on. If the ball goes to ground, I mean you've lost it. You can be turned over so quickly, and I just think that. Cork, particularly in the heat of championship hurling, when they come up against an outstanding team like Limerick, that accuracy, the room for error is so small that it can go to hand and it breaks down. Limerick will just punish it and punish Cork today is what they did. And um, that to me was the difference. Like Limerick were 30, 40 yard passes to hand. I thought the touch off the stick as well was just yes. phenomenal where Cork needed to graduate a lot of passes to try and create the score and they just seemed not to want to get ball into Kingston and, and Horgan in long and what surprised me looking at you saying we don't trust Collins to hit the ball 90 yards down the field and have someone there to win it if you don't think that you can have a plan B 
then you're not going to win all Ireland finals. And then eventually, when the short passing broke down and Collins decided I'll go along with it, Limerick just absolutely edited up, aside from one great Harnedy catch. Yes. So that's the difficulty that Cork have. If you decide we're going to play this particular way, and I see today, they stuck with it and it just kept breaking down. And it must be heartbreaking for the forwards up there looking back and seeing. You know, balls going over the bar, left, right and centre. Everything Limerick did today had a great accuracy about it. And Cork at times were good. But for me, and I've long held this view with Cork, and it's why I actually gave Wexford a big chance in Leinster this year. And I do. They've changed the model. They're now playing and they're willing to play the ball directly in front of McDonald on the edge of the square. They've modified their game, and I don't think Cork have have done anything really over the last few years much that's changed the game enough for them to be a real threat against whoever are the kingpins at the time, and that currently, of course, happens to be Limerick. Yes, 100%. And look, at, if there's any Cork fans that think this style of play that you have, is it enough to beat Limerick? Like, clearly, die, and we'll get into it, because I'm cognizant that I want to hear from some of the Cork fans and Limerick fans, the Limerick boys are so much bigger. They are monsters. I'm not sure we've ever seen a team with this size and physicality before. Have you? I'm not sure you have. Like, there was that one moment with the Cork midfielder in the 51st minute, running into traffic, but five Limerick lads just ate him up. So I'd love to hear from a couple of Cork fans today. We do yeah. have one caller at the minute coming in, and I want to get to him now in one second. Oh, he might set the tone for us. I'll just run through the results very quickly while we have. At the minute, New York... And Sligo is live on GA Go. You're more than welcome to stick it on in the background while you're listening to us here. It's a cracking game. I don't know if you've been watching any of it, Dahi, but New York have Johnny Glynn, the All-Ireland winner with Galway, playing on the half-forward line. He made three of the greatest marks I've ever seen in the first half of that game. It was brilliant, old-school stuff. The New York keeper, who's a down footballer, was putting the ball in the tee, and he was baiting it out to Glynn on the wing, and he was just rising above three or four boys to catch it. New York are currently losing that game by two points to Sligo, so it's one ten. To 11 points there. We'll keep an eye on that and keep you up to date. Our first caller is Ryan from Leitrim, I can tell. I'm going to get to him now in a second. They got out of London today. A 3-12 to 2-11 win in Rysup. They're the two Connacht games. And in Munster, as you mentioned, Waterford, 224 to 220 against Tip. Such an exciting game of hurling. And then Limerick, they bullied Cork really like. So we're going to come back to that in depth. And as we said, we'd love to hear from a couple of Cork and Limerick fans across the, across the, the next hour or so. Ryan, I'm going to turn on your mic here and uh, let you have a chat. Ryan, how are you doing? Your mic is off there. You can switch it on there and have a chat with us if you like. All right, Tommy, how are you keeping? Good. Quiet spot here in the Cadder Ring up in Hendon. Good man. Who are you? Oh, you're the boy sending in the videos yeah. to the Football Pod page. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. You might give us a wee chant before we finish up here. What do you want to ch- yeah, talk look, about? Yeah, look, here, it was all about today. Leachman were fucking, we're rocking it like. The Pierce Dolan is a baller. Okay. Ryan McGuire is a goat. Right. Just let the ball into Ryan Rock. Let the ball yeah, in. Let, let him okay. have it. Like you want to see his 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 last goal. His 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 last goal that that that, that finished it for us was absolute. So put it put it in put it into context for a second, Ryan. Right. Leitrim. I was following it on on radio earlier on. Leitrim go eight points up at about ten minutes to go. What happens? So, so Leitrim eight points up. We were cruising. Thinking, thinking it was home and hose. And then London come down, get two goals. Game's in the melting pot. Andy decides to make a couple of decisions. Brings on Evan Sweeney. Comes on, kicks an absolute crucial score for us. Brings on Mulligan. Just steadies the ship, like, experience. Do you know what I mean? You can just... He actually yeah. won a ball in the full back line, like, where he shouldn't have been, like. And it just came out steady. We were... We looked a bit nervous, to be fair, like, for the last 10 minutes. But ball eventually got into Ryan O'Rourke and he just turned the corner back upside down in fairness like and there was a man like his cousin actually was on the overlap to to square it across him but now he he had the balls himself to just take it on and just rattled it he buried it fantastic and come here what's what's the atmosphere like going over on a bank holiday weekend Uh, over to London it's absolutely we're here we are here every every year, regardless who's playing. In fairness, like my brother, my brother lives over here, like so we always come over, okay. uh, Galway, Roscommon, Sligo, whoever, like. But um, we actually had 2017. Chick Kennedy come on, kick, kick 20 minutes left, kick two two for Leitrim to get us out of jail that day as well, like. So we wow. never have it easy, like. But it's always a great weekend, like. 
Brilliant. What, what was Andy Moran's antics like on the side? Oh, we, we, we were, we were, we were, the, we were the far side over at the terrace, which we couldn't see him. But at the so the final whistle went, and uh, we were we were singing that song that we were tweeting there earlier on, like, and. Uh, couple of the players don't were in and Mulligan were like giving us fucking socks with the fists and all it was absolute quality like you're welcome to give us a bang of that song again <laughs> if you have a few of the boys with you no chance no 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 chance well look at we'll, we'll have a we'll have a look at the tweeted video is there anything else you want to leave no with I'm Ryan happy enough with that look at the suppose this is our all Ireland like you know let's be real like this is this is our big day out like do you know what I mean like and look I, we're kind of glad to see a Tajik Cup coming in like and hopefully Okay. Give us another day, like. Well, I, I tell you what, I was listening to Andy Moran chatting to Maura Trasny Kelly after the game, and he made the point, and it's not just because he's a Mayo man, but they're mad to play Mayo next for Mayo to be Galway because the game will be in Carrick. How much of a difference does that make if you're playing Mayo in Carrick? Like, I suppose, look, we have to be real here. Like, Mayo are, are going further on our Ireland. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, yes. Jesus, Jesus, God willing, I'd love to see Leitrim contest, like, and compete. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, okay. and, and look, the attitude is there and the boys are there to, to, to give it a rattle, like, do you know what I mean? But, look. Well, if you, if you bring that, if you bring that ultra atmosphere, <laughs> it wouldn't be an easy place for anyone to go. So, Ryan, thanks a million. Coming. We'll leave it at that. Cheers, Appreciate thanks it. Thank Take you. Me. Fair play. Enjoy the night. Take Bye now. There we go. The first call on the... GA late night and has come in all the way from London and uh, yeah great to hear from Ryan there Dahi it's, uh, it's, it's know, brilliant to hear Leitrim you know talk about that game yeah do you, know, do you know what's very interesting like mm. I, I'm really interested listening to the whole buzz he has about his county and how yes. much it means and the, the whole place rocking and I was thinking to myself you want Mayo or Andy Moore wants Mayo like what's the difference Kerry on Shannon and I was thinking he's to be met by 15 points instead of 12 points but to be fair to the guy, you're kind of going, we've been in that scenario as well for the last number of years, kind of hurling in football. Yeah. And, you, you know, I look at a load of people that I know around home and it just, all that matters to them is when their county plays, that they play well and win. And the sense of enjoyment they get, it's not about, to them, about looking to win an All-Ireland final. So fair play to Ryan. And I mean, I was thinking about Andy Morn. What's his thought process when he goes into Leitrim? What's he looking to do? Mm. I would say maybe within a five-year period, he's probably targeting Mayo. Now, that doesn't mean what's, what's deemed success for him. Well, winning today is successful. A really good manager goes in and improves a group of players collectively by 10 to 15%. If you do that, you're a good manager. To me, there's a lot of management teams nowadays and they do a lot of players individually enough. Look at a player, up his strengths and weaknesses and work with him on a one-on-one -on -one basis to make the guy a, a better player, that he enjoys his game more and that the net result is he'll bring a lot more to the team. If you can do that with most players, improve them 10 to 15%. That, to me, is a top-quality manager. And I question, and I've questioned for a long time, this whole thing of managers... You know, the really, really top quality managers are, mm. are managers to get to know their players, really get to care about their players, know what goes on in their life outside of training rather than just turn up, train a group of players, run them around for two hours and then, you know, order fit as fiddles. So I'm really interested as well to see what Andy Moran does because fanatical absolutely support that's up there. And I know remember the great Jeannie Bowen that played with uh, Leitrim I used to do a lot of business with his dad many years ago and like this was football 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 every time we met this guy spoke about as much about football as you get over the border in Mayo I think it's all they have love for it as, as anyone in Mayo had they have about their football it's 100% it's, it's yeah. it. so that was Ryan uh, I, I did try to add Johnny there from Limerick who was who tried to join there a second ago um, Joe Malloy I don't know if you've you've meant to ask to jo jump in here maybe you want to have a word with Dahi Regan, I'm going to add you in. And Jonathan Higgins, I see you on standby as well. Joe Malloy, are you with us? Joe, how are you doing? Are you with us? After a long day of broadcasting today for Yeah, you football? think I've had enough by now. Hey, lads, how you doing? I would have thought so. How are you? Evening, Joe. Dahi Regan, good to hear you. How you doing? How are you, sir? How's things? Nice to talk to Shane you again. Shane Irish just split the 10 fairway, so you're fine. Oh, Lovely. Good man, Joe. We'll, we'll get down and catch the end of that. Yeah, magical stuff for the kid. Come here. I'm listening. I'm enjoying it. I just want to ask you something and then I'll jump out. And, and, and I, I don't know, Cork fans, I'm sure, are interested as well. So we had James O'Connor at Porky Cueve on the show, right? 
And he came on at yeah. full time. And his point kind of amazed me. I can't, I can't watch the games as closely in the studio. But I just thought, given that Cork lost an All-Ireland final by 16 points to this crowd and must have spent the last few months thinking about them and not much else. So, James, he said, you compare the work rate of the Limerick forwards in terms of pressurising Cork defenders and you compare the Cork forwards when it comes to pressurising Limerick forwards a gazillion miles behind Limerick, that the Cork forwards are not even working remotely as hard as the Limerick forwards. Now, 16 points. You've got to be a little bit afraid of these guys, and somehow your forwards aren't working as hard as the lads who've got three All-Ireland medals. I just found that hard to believe. So I just thought I'd throw that to you, boys, and see was that your sense of it as well. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Jamesy's observation is correct, but if, if you dig a little bit deeper into that, Joe, okay, the All-Ireland final was August of last year. In many respects, Cork were a very hurt side going down to the Gaelic grounds a couple of months ago in the National League, and they took their retribution out that day. And in many respects, it appears that it sated the appetite by drubbing Limerick that day. And I thought about it after the game today. I thought the, the, they beat and badly beat up a Limerick team operating at about 50% level. So you've got to talk about, and you're isolating Cork, and you're saying you'd expect more from Cork because... But on the other hand, Limerick have had a, a lot of questions have been asked about them. There's been a lot of questions about discipline with specific players. Talk about is it a, is it is it a, an element of desperation moving Kyle up front, etc. So Limerick had a chip on their shoulder going in today. And I have to say, I couldn't see anything other than a comprehensive Limerick victory going in. Nobody was mentioning coming in to, in, into this game what happened in the All-Ireland final last year. Because in many respects, it was felt that Cork had answered that in the league. And I thought, Christ, you've no chip going on your on your shoulder. You're not going to come out with this manic aggression that the guys on TV spoke about. And I could not believe, I thought Dowling got it absolutely correct when he said, Cork have got to come with this. Bring more than just pretty hurling. They've got to get in to, to, to Limerick's psyche. They've got to hit them hard and hit them often. And Donald Oak was kind of saying, no, 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 no. They do that, they're, they're going to lose focus. They need to hurl. Dowling was 100% right. Cork hurled the way Donald Oak would have liked him to hurl. And we've seen what happened because James O'Connor was walked over Cork backs coming out with the ball without a finger being laid on them. So now Cork, after a National League defeat like this and a defeat today, soul-searching, I mean, I don't, I don't know what they do now with that collective I really really don't because they've got to change something when something breaks down fundamentally like the last two games you've got to do you've got to really break down to nitty gritty and say right what do we need to change because it's nice woven patterns but that's no good in championship hurling against somebody like Limerick who just diced and sliced them today it was men against boys for a finish Joe, that was great. Thanks, man. Um, Come on, Tommy. Keep, it, keep it going. Keep us keep us updated on Larry, if you if you want to. You can jump back in. Oh, um, he's, he's just found the green. Fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it on in about ten minutes. New York are a point behind Sligo at the minute, so I've got that on in the background. Diego, I can't switch over to Shane just yet. Joe Malloy, thank you very much. He's put in a, a long day today on off the ball, and he's joined us here. Jonathan Higgins has been reporting for us today on off the ball. I'm gonna try to hear what Jonathan has to say. He got to watch the action firsthand. If anyone else wants to join in and have a chat, just hit the request button there. A few people have requested to chat and they just disappeared um, off the scene. I don't know whether they had to pop away or they, they, they didn't realise what happens here. Basically, if you request a chat, you'll enter a queue and I'll be able to add you in then once I get the chance. So we're going to try and add as many people as possible over the next 45 minutes or so. Jonathan, how are you doing? Have you pulled in for us? Hey, Tommy, no, I just pulled in. I'm on the, on the road back. All, all legit, though, all hands raised up and all that. No issues in that regard. Man. What's going on? Um, I suppose, how, can we, how many ways can we describe uh, Limerick and their resilience and uh, whoever doubted them, eh? Yeah. What did you make of the game today? Like, like As Dahi was saying there, it was like men against boys. Yeah, sadly it was that case. And, uh, you know, it seems like a long, long time ago, but Cork make, making that perfect start, the run from Conland inside Kingston, what was it, 16 seconds, and it's goal, you think... Oh, here we go. Maybe are these question marks that everyone was was saying. Maybe Limerick are a little bit off the boil, but no, they stood up. And uh, I suppose the biggest compliment that you can kind of give them is there are they're kind of in that mould of Leinster, Liverpool, Man City, or whatever, where they have a squad of world class players. 
you know, at the top of their game, skillful, but it's matched with a just a, a just a, the strongest drive possible, manic work rate, aggression, dying together, doing the small things right. Um, like even a couple of turnovers, you think back when to, to no score up after six minutes, but there was a big turnover at the middle and it got a big roar. It was like they'd won another All-Ireland. Um, they're just, they're just uh, an insane, insanely driven bunch. And it, kind of in a weird way, maybe the circumstances of the, the league and as a result of the fixtures being squashed a bit more, maybe that's the perfect little bit of... Uh, little bit of a kick that Limerick needed and it may, maybe it's going mm. to line them up because if they had been going for a, a straight cut three in a row perhaps that would have been a bit more difficult but like there were asked questions and uh, you know talking to John you can survive in his eyes I think they were hurt by what people were saying about them but uh, yeah no they fairly laid down a marker They played with their chest out today Dahi didn't they? I think that goes down to when you're champions and champions as good as Limerick are and you've been questioned. Um, the moral fibre of this team has been questioned by a lot of people. People probably you should have known better. I just thought some of the comment about Limerick and some of their players, I did think went over the top. Um, so when you show that hurt and you, you combine that hurt and you keep it within your dressing room and today was the day then to let it all out, that's what they did. So, I mean, to me, that shows how far ahead of Cork Limerick actually are because Cork would have been, and with a plan to get into Limerick and they did start very, very well. But it's this is all about Limerick today, and it's about where they are as a group and as a team and as a family. And with the belief that they have in one another, I mean, they're an, they're an outstanding hurling team. When their accuracy is on, it's very, very difficult to see who can stop them. And there was hurt there today, and they played with a team that uh, that had that hurt. And I, and I think they need it. I think you need it because the more you win, sometimes the appetite can get sated a beat unless... You're like the great Kerry team of the late 80s where it just winning is a must. It, 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 it's what keeps you alive. It, what, what's the, your motivation and the whole thing. Some teams win one or two and they go away from it a bit and they go off the boil. To me, so much comes from Kinnerk and that backroom team and Kylie himself as a manager. They're extraordinarily grounded and they're brought down and they, they have standards there that the Limerick players themselves and live by a code of conduct off the field as well, and they do it fantastically. And I think what will happen is all of these guys will probably do opportunities. And I think Limerick are the one one of the counties that can probably afford to do that with their players. I'm speaking and looking after them probably more than most. There are some counties, of course, with big financial backers. They love to see players progressing. So Limerick are in a great place, but they know that to keep in that place, they must keep winning. And you get to the stage where you're terrified to lose. Limerick hurled to me like a team today that just were no way could they lose. They couldn't countenance it and they've done a fantastic job. Yeah, 100%. Um, like, I'd be interested to know, are we going to see a response like that from the dubs? There were questions asked to Limerick and what I liked Dahi today was like, they absolutely bullied Cork. Like, there's a, there's a couple of moments of Sean Finn just, I, I don't know whether it was Patrick Horgan, but screaming into one of the Cork forwards' faces. But they weren't doing it in a stupid way. They were doing it in a way that they were keeping Cork down. Like Dave, I think David Connors um, from Galway tweeted earlier on, they've beaten Cork by a combined 35 points in their last three games. Like this yeah. is this is a problem for Cork Hurling. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, to put yourself back from this, because let's face it, six weeks ago, you know, it's Cork or Waterford are the ones that will take Limerick down. And they, they were looking at a very narrow narrative in that they were, they were hand-picking a couple of league games. I mean, I saw Cork play up in Bor against Offaly in the league, and it was certainly men against boys. But this time last year, we were playing Sligo and Derry in third tier. So we got jet, jettisoned up, which was a crazy kind of thing. And you look at the speed and the movement, and people were eulogising coming out, and you were going, get a sense of balance on this thing, you know? Now, you met, you met a re real interesting analogy there with Dublin is, is there a kick in Dublin? Mm. Uh, and I'm no expert in football, but but I love our games and I, I watch them very closely and I would say very unlikely. And the, the reason being, like one of the laziest narratives footballers subjected to the last number of years was coming from Colm O'Rourke and I was so annoyed he wasn't getting pulled on this. To say that Dublin were going to win the next four, five, six All-Irelands, they could win 10 in a row, this was killing football, etc., 
I remember I actually messaged James McCarthy after a couple of their wins and I was really annoyed and I thought, why can't you look and see what this is really about? This is the greatest football team in history. This group, when it starts to break up, it doesn't matter how many meals you put in front of a guy, you know, what opportunities you give him from the training facilities, etc. Fantastic footballers a fantastic mentality, you know, with a number of geniuses thrown in, usually can be enough to win you an All-Ireland and successive and even more. And Dublin had it. And as soon as you lost the main leaders and the great footballers out of it, you do not have automatic replacements. They may be very good footballers and decent footballers, but they have no idea what it is to win, to, to go to the well and win. Like Dublin won a number of them All-Irelands, literally fell over the line in some of them because they just knew how to. So six, seven and eight. What do you replace them with? Decent footballers who have no history or culture of winning. And you have people out there saying that Dublin should be split in two and this very, very, very lazy argument. Limerick aren't like that. Limerick still have these players who are still hungry. That'll come at some stage with Limerick when the team will begin to disintegrate and four or five will leave it and maybe four or five years' time. Maybe earlier. It depends if someone can bring them down. But... You know, Limerick are in a far better place than Dublin are now because they've got the core rump of the players that know how to win. The Dublin footballers don't. Can we, yeah, can we go back to that Dublin point for a second? Because I'm surprised to hear that coming from an Offaly man. Like, surely, like looking at the the resources and, and what Dublin have got over the last 20 odd years, especially at the start of the millennium when Sean Kelly put together, surely that made an unbelievable difference. And yes, they combined it all with an unbelievable manager in Jim Gavin an unbelievable generation of footballers that kept coming through and Kilkenny, McCaffrey, and then Fenton's group, Khan came through. Like, do you not think that that had an, an unbelievable impact on skewing the way things went? I think, the it, games? I, I think it would have helped. But then on the other side, you look at the money that's been pumped into Dublin Hurling. And, you know, they got Anthony Daly, and the best guy in the country at the time, and one of the great managers. They got Daly in. He was there for a number of years. They got to a couple of All-Ireland semi-finals. Very unlucky against Cork. Very unlucky against Tip. Won Leinster. Won the National League. And you're thinking, this will kick on. And I really thought that Dublin would kick on. And I remember saying on the show a number of years ago, I thought within eight to ten years, Dublin would win a senior all They have more players than anybody else. They, they have as much access to facilities as the Dublin footballers have, but that doesn't make you do marvellous things on the pitch. Yes. So everything helps. I mean, I was up in Tyrone and opened up the Hurling Wall up there a number of years ago, and they had all these 4G pitches, and then there was Mickey. The rest of the Tyrone teams were allowed training it to the exact replica uh, dimensions of Crow Park. The facilities they had were extraordinary. Huge money in Tyrone, huge money in Donegal. They lacked for nothing. I mean, a number of years ago, 2016, Jim McGuinness, Donegal County Board, shut football down in Donegal, club football, and said, right, there you go, carte blanche, you train as professionals, pretty much, you've got a clear run. And he nearly pulled it off, and he nearly won an All-Ireland, and he brought down a great Dublin side. But, you know, it helps. Of course it helps. Mm. Look at what McGinney's doing. I mean, look what McGinney's doing in Armagh. He just will not give up. And he's starting to see light there. And these are developing. And our Dublin in the morning, I honestly think Armagh give Dublin socks. But Dublin are not nailed on to win Leinster. You could see it last year. Yeah. The, the points difference was coming down the whole time. Now, but the same players aren't there. So if you use that simple metric, you say, okay, of course, funding and facilities, etc., help. But it doesn't create genius. It didn't create Dermot Connolly or well. Rock and these players. <laughs> they spent hours and hours and hours on the field, you know, honing their skill set and their, their mentality. And then you get a manager in, like Cody. I mean, why didn't we have this argument with Cody when Kilkenny were going for five in a row, how bad it was for Hurling? Kerry footballers won four in a row, were beaten in 82. That argument wasn't there at the time, how bad it was for football, or football has been destroyed. Kerry then lost 82, Cork beat him in a, in, in a Munster final in 83, and Kerry came back and won 84, 85 and 86. With At that time, no one had seen a football team like them. They all left then, they were all kind of to mid-30s. And mm. what happened? Kerry went barren years, years and years without winning an All-Ireland. This is cyclical. Do you, think we'll see that? Do you think we'll see that now with Dublin? Are they gone yet? Surely Brian Fenton, who has just lost his first championship game, yeah. isn't not going to win another All-Ireland medal. 
Oh, I, I would, I would say there's every every chance Brian Fenton may not win another All Ireland medal. Absolutely, there's every chance that Brian Fenton won't win another All Ireland medal. It's cyclical. The difference is if you're the likes of a Dublin or Kerry, you'll tend to mine more All Irelands out of it than than say a Donegal or if it was Cork footballers or if it was Mead footballers or if it was Armagh you t- you'll tend to mine a bit more out of it that's why Kerry got more for longer because of the amount of quality within the county the same with Dublin but I don't I, I always felt it was a very lazy argument to, to throw Dublin's success principally at this is money and we need to stop it and we need to take money out of it you do it pro rata at the end of the day, if you gave all Dublin's money into Leitrim, within well, five there's, there's years, there. but it, it was the perfect, it was the perfect mix. Yeah, like and like we, we can talk money and we can look at Limerick as well. Just to give a mention, injury time, New York fifteen points, Sligo one fourteen. I've just seen Niall Murphy kick two superb frees for Sligo. It looks like he's about to drag them over the line. The Sligo keeper has taken a forty-five here in the last minute in Gaelic Park and he's put that over the bar so Sligo are three points clear New York need a goal to bring this game to extra time um, an interesting one died. the Star Spangled Banner was sung in an Irish accent before the game in Gaelic, in Gaelic Park today um, over in the Bronx it's, uh, it's amazing to have championship matches on Easter Sunday in Ireland in London and New York all on the same the same day, it's unreal, isn't it? I wonder, was God save the Queen sung with uh, an Irish accent in the right list? Well, maybe, maybe. I doubt the least. I doubt the least <laughs> boys were. <laughs> no, I doubt it. We are looking for callers here. You've all been very shy on uh, the first night of GA late night. Ryan was the first man up from from Leitrim, and he called us in. We might get a couple of callers from New York now. Niall Murphy has just kicked another point for Sligo. I think it was it could have been Pat O'Connor there for uh, for Sligo to put them four points clear. So it looks like. Sligo got the job done against New York. A very good New York team that had Johnny Ginn playing. The man talks a bigger Dahi um, in a football jersey than he did in a Galway jersey. He's a huge specimen of a man. Um, Gerald Hegarty today, did he look like he was back in the groove for Limerick? I don't think he ever looked like he wasn't, to be fair about it. I mean, Limerick were entitled to a bit of downtime in the league. It, it, it wouldn't, it would have not have made sense for them to go bald-headed for the league. That was an opportunity for the other teams to, to target Limerick in the league, get a win. I mean, imagine being able to come in after a league game and say, look, guys, we're not a million miles off them. So everybody's got to use something within the cause. Limerick will then look at the league. Kylie will know, right, lads, we weren't calibrated fully for that. The question is, can we pick up the 20, 30% between now and the championship? And clearly they hit, they've, they've, they've managed to do that, which shows the quality, shows the quality that's there. Yeah, they're, they're not a given for the All-Ireland final. You can't say that right now, but if they play really, really well, it's it's hard to see who could. To me at the moment, definitely Waterford are the only ones that I could see going head-to-head, toe-to-toe, and matching them in the physical stakes as well, because that's where they tend to blow a lot of teams away. Connor Healy, you can't get your mic working there. You're like me. Um, how, how are you, you doing? How, how are you? I'm Good. Come on in there. What's the crack? Grand. So I'm wondering now, it's probably a, it's an interesting question there, right? So I've been, I've been looking the last couple of days at the commentary around we're going to be bored in July and August, right? Mm. So it's probably, you know what, it's annoyingly small, but particularly RTE there on Saturday evening, right? Yep. The club championship last year was unbelievable. Like, as in, we had a great club championship, both in hurling and football across all grades. And I wonder, is it, because RTE don't have the coverage of the club games and TG Gatter does that the angle is coming from there or, or what do you reckon yourself? I think it's a great point. Um, you've obviously played inter-county football with Wicklow, Connor, looking at your, your jersey there and looking at the bio and you play, obviously you're a club man as well. How have you found it um, as an inter-county footballer who may be out quite early and waiting on the rest of yeah, the so champions I'm back, kicking? I'm back at the club now the last, the last year properly. So like mm. Probably have seen both sides of it. Uh, in the older format, you are back with the club very late, right? You are, and you're kind of coming back to the lads. Like, like last couple of years, like you're playing, you're playing championships sometimes in September, nearly nearly October sometimes. Like, um, you know, and that's the majority of players in the country. Um, you know, in the depths of winter, dirty bod and lads, club players probably aren't getting to showcase their abilities, right? And one of the big GPA surveys, like, is in mm. time, the times of training versus actually playing games is, is madness. Like, so in this, the new shorter season, training probably give or take the same, but playing more games in the same window. So, like, I think it's a win-win for everyone from my point of view anyway. 
Yeah, well, like I was, I was looking at the debate there over the last little while, and Dahi, I'm not sure what you think of it all, but um, like a lot of the county finals are still fixed for October at the minute. Like it, it doesn't make a difference that the split season's been split. It doesn't make a difference if your county is knocked out in the middle of May. Your county championship isn't probably going to start until August, so the season is going to drag on anyways into the winter, Connor. So I'll let you back in in a second, but I'll get Dahi season. It's a very interesting point from Connor. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with Connor, and, I, and I've long argued this as well. Um, I The GEA has been a cash cow, uh, generated absolute huge monies for our organisation. Now, if you take it in context, you look at a stadium that we have in Dublin, fully paid back for, mm-hmm. an amateur organisation. The biggest crash in the company were country where ch- children can be left off on a Saturday morning, get the best of coaching and looked after. So from that, the, the whole principal point of view of what our association stands for, I'm really proud to be a member of the association. However, I've long held the point that club players have been very, very, they don't generate the money. The more you fill Crow Park and the bigger days, and I mean the introduction of the backdoor system, etc. That to me always pretty much favoured the stronger teams, awfully the first beneficiaries as a weaker county yeah. back in 1998, but awfully actually voted against the backdoor system. But I would agree, Connor, totally in that the club championships have been fantastic. The games we've been exposed to, and I mean, we've got to give huge credit to TG Carr here. Their coverage is phenomenal. Mm. But I like. The whole bedrock of what the association is about is about the clubs. But people tune in to watch the big inter-county games. And I think there's been a transition within Ball and Hurland over the last number of years. You speak to so many people that will say it used to be football was hard to look at. Now, there's a lot of people will say a lot of games of Hurland are very hard to look at as well. And I would concur with that. Now, today was an exception. I thought I really enjoyed them, I have to say. But you were looking at good teams and particularly Waterford and Limerick. But I just love the club scene is is, is actually going to be getting or at least should be getting more exposure and the time of the year when it should be because there's no way club players are spending a whole summer inactive for many years previously. And it was totally wrong. But well, I'd like to get, yeah. yeah I'd like to get, um, Connor, for me, the, the, the biggest issue being a club player wasn't necessarily uh, that you're playing in the depths of winter because I don't mind playing in the rain and the muck. I don't mind playing in any weather. I, I like playing football. But the biggest issue was not being able to plan holidays or your football relatively seriously. So um, I don't know. I don't know what you make of that. Like, was it the holidays the biggest issue, or or was it the football for you that was the problem? Not not having a set schedule, I suppose, rather than holidays. Cheers, Tommy. Would always put you as a fair weather footballer, huh? No, that's not me. I tell you. <laughs> Um, it, I guess it's a combination of both, right? The holiday mm. thing is, is definitely a thing. And look, I've, I've lost a few holidays over the years as you go along. And your point around how some county finals are still still set quite late. Right? A, lot of, a lot of them are kind of like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's probably, partially I think it's probably some of the issues. First year, you'd like to think next year and the year after, as county boards get more accustomed to it, that they'll be able to plan better and actually... You know, not be waiting until October or the last week of September to play county finals. Yeah. But yeah, like it, it, it is probably the, the waiting around. Um, you know, between the league finishing and and, and championship starting, both probably at, in the inter county scene in previous years, but also the club scene. That gap sometimes it's great for the body sometimes, but you know sometimes it can drag on. And you try and organise a holiday, but you haven't championship fixtures. And then, Lord, you know, and you book yourself a holiday and championship fixtures come out the week after. So, yeah, look, it's, it's certainty around fixtures is really what kind of everyone wants, I suppose. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's very true. And uh, it's well worth trying this out, I think, and seeing what works. Like, I, I wonder, is there is this a little radical, the, the exact split down the middle? You're not buying it that we're losing that window in August or September then, that, you know, the GA is the main sport in the shop window. Uh, I get it, right? But, like, as in... And I was listening to Darren O'Sullivan the other day, like, as in, yeah, we're in competition in, to some extent with other sports, but mm. the reality is, like, kids watch all sports, right? They do. They watch golf, they watch rugby, they watch, they watch soccer, and GEA in this country is number one, um, you know, across the country without fail, right? Um, so the competition side of it, I don't get. I think half of it is probably tradition, right? And we probably had the same arguments when the All-Ireland was moved from September there was an awful lot of people that weren't happy from it. Look, people don't like change. Um, I Look, it probably, maybe it is a bit radical that 
there will be teething issues, but I think it has to be tried at, at, at some point or another. 100%. Dahi, I don't know what you make it out. I'll give you the last word yeah. from Connor. No, Thanks for joining us. That was great. That no, was great, totally Connor. agree. Totally agree. What I, what I was interested in, I don't know if you're getting anybody in. Really interested to see anybody from Cork coming on and get their views today. Is there anybody looking to come on on that? I, I just really yeah. interested to get a Cork viewpoint on today. I'm the same. I'm waiting for a, a Cork caller to join us, but they've gone very, very quiet in the Rebel County. Th- there is someone I wanted to get on here, Shane Keegan, one of the co-hosts of League of Ireland Late Night. Shane, I don't know if you have a chance to to request to speak here. I'll throw you in if you get a second. Shane tweeted the photo, Dahi, of Keen Lynch. Uh, the Not only was he pointing that ball off his knees, the hurl had actually snapped on him too. Like, I saw that, yeah, I saw that photograph this evening. I hope you don't mind me saying I, I saw one of the most ridiculous tweets I've ever seen about this this evening. Yeah. Colin, Par- Colin Parkinson put a tweet up to say, just asking the question, was Keen Lynch showboating? Could he not actually have got up and hit the ball over the bar and thought, Woolly or whatever you, whatever you know about football, you know nothing about hurling. That was so instinctive. That that was just phenomenal what that guy did today. And I saw the photograph of the hurl actually broken as well. Like an extraordinary skill set. The, the other thing about it is the guy had carried the ball. He couldn't carry it anymore. You're going to get caught for over-carrying. That's pure instinct. That's that's just a, it was, a guy. It was magic. The best. Oh, it was just an extraordinary feat of skill. It really was. Is he the hurler at the moment? Shay Keegan, I want to bring you in here. Is he the David Clifford of hurling at the minute, Keen Lynch? Is he the guy that you've got to go see live? I suppose, Tommy, my, my leanings would, uh, outside of hurling, my leanings would be a bit more towards the, towards the soccer than the Gaelic football. Yes. Uh, he is, he, he's the Kevin De Bruyne of hurling. That's, that's the best way <laughs> I could put it. I just think... I love, I love, I love intelligent players. I love smart players, lads who make good decisions, lads who have serious spatial aware, spatial awareness and all that kind of crack. And I mean, he's just on an absolute different level when it comes to all that, isn't he? Yeah, unbelievable stuff. Um, you were in Parnell Park last night, Shane, were you? I was in Parnell Park last night, Tommy. It was um, it was a very very strange one because we we lost it by two points and um. Even at that, even at that, uh, Ender Roland could have won it with, with near enough the last puck of the ball for us. Um, they, they stopped it on the line. I think it was Chris Crummy stopped it on the line. And, and yet, to be honest with you, Tommy Leash didn't hurl that well. They were, they were down three or four starters. Obviously, the Balakala boys had a great campaign in Leinster. They were down the two main men from there, Willie Dunphy and, and Picky Marr. Um, and only hurled all right, and and yet somehow nearly bet Dublin. So I'm, I'm not sure what that says about Dublin, but Lee should be kicking themselves because it was probably a seven out of ten performance, and and they nearly won it with a seven out of ten performance. So if they could have hit the highs that they have been capable of on some days, I, I definitely think there was a win there for them. Yeah, yeah, like Dahi, like Dublin hurling, there was a, a a slight directed towards them a little earlier when you're talking about the Dublin footballers. Parnell Park last night, one twenty to two fifteen against Leash. Donald Burke hit 13 points. By all accounts, without Donald Burke, they were goose last night. What is the story with Dublin Hurling? Why aren't they getting to where they should be getting to? Jesus, that's 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 a really, really difficult one. Because like I said before, I mean, I would have eulogised Dublin years ago when Dalo was over it. And I, and I think a huge thing about Dublin Hurling is you've got to create something magic about it, like... The, the appointment of Daly was huge. Now, I would have heard a lot of talk lately about, listen, Davy is the next guy that's going to be up there. That that would be a retrograde step, 100% retrograde step. The man that's there is a really, really good hurling man. He was really at the foundation of Galway, very nearly winning one, if not two All-Irelands back earlier in the, the last decade. Um, it's really, really difficult. I mean, they have the numbers. They have numbers, and if you look at Kula and Kilmacud, Croaks and fogs are re-emerging again. They tapped into the hinterland. Yeah, there, Temple Logan talent. The numbers are absolutely phenomenal. So it's always going to be second fiddle to football. There's no doubt about that. Um, but there, there's really good players there. I know Daly gets fairly frustrated when he looks at them now at the minute. And they're one of the counties that have a huge turnover of players. You could have Dublin next year with maybe six or seven of these particular guys gone. And they've that many numbers. New guys come through. But what you do is you've got to get an established core group of 26 players. Build a culture and set a standard for that group of players. Are these the best players that are playing for Dublin at a given time? And that the long-held argument is no. There's as many fellas that's not playing with the county as is. And as long as that's the case, for whatever reason, either they're not available or whatever, it's a difficult one because Dublin should be a lot stronger. Now, Dublin had a really good league campaign. 
Mm. And Dublin at that stage, there was people tipping them for Leinster, but it just appears, and I listened to it coming down to Clare last night, the game, and, you know, you were listening to it going pretty much the last puck of the game, and apparently it was a fantastic save, and having listened to the game, you were kind of saying, Jesus, that's one that Dublin will be kicking them. Two of the likes of a Cheddar Plunkett involved with the leash team, they'll be smart, they will play smart, because that man, you just could not begin to explain how good and how good a hurling mind that. Players, players love him. Players love him. I mean, that's the type of thing I'm talking about. That's what Daly brought to Dublin. That kind of magic that surrounded him. And the players just loved him. And he loved his players. A really unique bond. And I think it's probably going to take something like that again. Some figurehead that goes in. And it may, it may very well be, and I've suggested this before, that they go back to Daly, cap in hand, and look to get him back up to Dublin. Because I think if you did, literally, within a year, I think you'd see a huge change again. That's the calibre of that particular guy in Dublin. Just That's very interesting. Lacking that. Very interesting to hear that. Uh, Dahi, just to let you know, unless you have the updates on, Shane Larry is the solo leader in the RBC Heritage. Oh, magic. 14 under through 11. I'm just looking at the Larry Tracker account on Twitter here. Um, Shane's approach on the 12th goes way long off the green. Going to be a very difficult up and down. 22 yards to the pin. That is the last shot he's taken. So I haven't got it on in the background now. I'm going to leave it off until we're finished here in GA late night. But um, we've got about 15 minutes left here. Shane Keegan, any advice? You are one of the hosts of League of Ireland late night. <laughs> any advice for encouraging the callers to speak up? They're all very quiet tonight. They're definitely a bit shyer, all right, aren't they? They're definitely a bit shyer. Yeah. It's, it's, it's trying to get them to shut up um, is is the problem that we tend to have on, on ours. People just need to need to be a bit braver and, and jump on and have the chat and share their opinion if you whether whether we agree with it or don't agree with it getting getting the chance to voice your your opinion and 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 uh hop off somebody that you're not too happy with for whatever reason be it a manager or a player or a referee so it's, oh, it's a bit of crack isn't it 100% Shane we'll uh, we'll leave it at that thanks for jumping in thanks for joining us no on bother, your Easter Sunday go back to your Easter egg there um so just to go through the results from yesterday Dahi, it was Wexford 119 in the first round of the Leinster Kilkenny 523 Westmead 119 and Dublin 120 Leash 215 Tyrone the All-Ireland Football Champions also got through their preliminary round tie up in Ulster they bet for Manor by 7 points I have a question for you about the melee at the end of that game I don't know if you saw Conor McKenna's red card did you? No I didn't no reading about okay. it it's very very interesting apparently the the best legal minds are going to be brought back in again. From from what I heard, there's going to heard it it, it, it it arguably didn't warrant a red. I'll be honest. I was watching. This, I was on my way home from my own game, so I had it on the phone uh, on Now TV on the phone. So um, I could not see what McKenna did to warrant a red card. Seemingly, it was because he was a third man in. His teammate was getting, uh, I think the the head pulled off him, and. Uh, McKenna jumps in, tries to get it from man man off him, and two from man boys turn on McKenna. McKenna gets the red card. Fergal Logan was definitely, after the game, making the point that uh, there has to be something here if a fellow's going in to protect somebody. You're not going into Malie to, to hit a boy or, or cause trouble. You're going in to protect a teammate that maybe we have to have a bit more of an understanding. I don't know, Dahi, we, we do seem to have a lot of problems with Malie's in Gaelic games these days. There's too many of them happening. But, uh, but yeah, we have one caller coming in. Jeremy Wogan... I'm going to try you out here and see if you've got something to say. Um, you're very welcome along. Jeremy, how you doing? Do you want to have a, a word here on the GA? You're welcome along to GA late night. You just have to unmute your mic there, Jeremy, if you want to have a chat. Dahi, we'll, uh, we'll leave Jeremy there for a second, and if he wants to jump in, he's more than welcome to... Going, yeah. back to the, going back to the Waterford game, right? We, we're still waiting on Cork fans to get in touch. There's about five, six, seven minutes to go here in GA late night. The Waterford game today. Who is your favourite Waterford hurler at the minute? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, is, it, is, it, is it Desi Hutchinson? I am such a fan of Ozzy Gleeson. Yeah. He's capable of anything. Yeah. Who's yours? I would have to say Hutchinson. Yeah, I, I think he's phenomenal. I really do. Um, his movement. Like... I was really interested in the goal he got today. Tipperary player was coming across him. He knew exactly. He, he used the player to shield where he was hitting it to the goalkeeper's left. He knew instinctively when he got it. But even going back to Bally, the Bally Gunner game, the goal he got to bring them into it as well. Like, he, he's, whoa, he is, he's phenomenal. Like, I mean, he has it all. 
this kid has it all and he seems to have a really, really good temperament. I mean, what, what's been done and what Liam Cal has done with Waterford in a couple of years is, like, I can understand why Tip went after him because Tip rid a bit of a crux after mm. Liam Sheedy had left. Like, they had decent success underage and not really many of those fellas came through. Okay, Jake Morris. So last year it was like Liam went back to the well once too often to the same tried and trusted fellas, but things had moved on a little bit again. Tip are one of the arch typical, along with Kilkenny, particularly Tip, you know, wedded very much to this is the way we'll play and we won't get sucked into, you know, the way other teams have moved on. And then it was quite clear after Liam Sheedy left that Tip have a really, really huge decision to take here. And I was really interested to see what they do. And I thought they did a really smart thing to go after uh, Lean Cal. Really smart move. They recognised that this guy was bringing Waterford, had brought Waterford to a playing level that had outstripped the type of hurling that Tip were playing. So they had no problem going after him. Number one, he was a Tip man, and that was crucial. When he didn't, I think Colin Bonner is a real good fella. He's been around the hurling scene a long time with the colleges and down in Carlo, etc. Um, a very, very good guy. But Cal is ahead in relation to where he is Waterford playing. Now, Tip gave them lots of it for long enough, but when Waterford went at them, the power game at the start of the second half, Limerick did that for far longer periods today. It all depends on how long Waterford can sustain that in the game. They'll do it to teams they're better than, but can they do it against Limerick? Uh, that's the question. Or, or, or Kilkenny firing on a day, you know, um, Galway firing on a day. You know, if that happens, you'd kind of say Limerick could probably do both of those. Could Waterford do both of those? Not unless they're firing fully. Gleeson has to be playing at the level he did. And a really good move not starting him today. Great mm. hurl. I thought that was a really smart move. Barron, Jamie Barron and Ozzy Gleeson come off the bench at half time. Tipper in a good place at that stage. And Waterford take over from the top of the second half. Is that something that they're going to do throughout this league? They've got a good squad there in Waterford. Well, I think it was probably just a message as well to Ozzy on the back of the dismissal. And that's been, you know, spoke about enough. But I think it's really strong management. And if any sending off took place when the camera went on him, it was easy read what he was saying. He was pretty disgusted with what Ozzy had done. But OK, they got over that. He's managing it well. Kept him on the bench today. And this is a good young fella who will have good people I would like to think around and to say you're an outstanding talent. The propensity to react a little bit quickly is there. That's yeah. just getting people to sit down and chat with them. But just just something you mentioned earlier about the m amount of malaise and what's happening. I don't know, Tommy, if you ever recollect Munster and Claremont playing a Heineken Cup game in Thoman Park. Jamie Cudmore, big, big second yes. row. And Paul O'Connell. And Cudmore took into him and started to box the head off O'Connell. And yeah. Paul O'Connell defended himself. But if you remember the conversation, the touch judge saw it, called the ref's attention to it. Ref came over. And the minute he called it to them over, Paul O'Connell just kept trotting out, I'm allowed to defend myself. I must be allowed to defend myself. I must be allowed to defend myself. He gave Cudmore a red card and he gave O'Connell a yellow. So that's where you apply the common sense. If a guy's on the ground and there's a couple of players at him, if the guy happens to be the third fella in to pull them off him, use your logic. Use your logic. Is it really a red card? So there's probably every potential that could be rescinded. That is that is a very interesting point. Uh, very interesting that you recall that as well. Aidan Foley, you're welcome to GA Late Night. Do you want to have a word before we wrap up here tonight on the first edition of the show? Aidan, you just have to yes. unmute your mic there if you want to chat to us. How are you doing, Aidan? You're with Dahi. And How are you doing, lads? Enjoying, the, Ethan, enjoying the show here tonight. It's very good. It's very good now. Um, it's uh, nice to have the hurling back. Um, just just to speak on, on uh, you said about your favourite Walford hurler. Um, yes. I would think this year, um, a man, Patrick Hearn, I would think is going to have a huge, huge influence for uh, the Walford senior hurling team this year. Um I've no, I've known the chap for years, and I think he's been, he's a taking time bomb. He's been a taking time bomb, waiting to explode. Do you know, this man has got man in the match in minor All Ireland finals, twenty one All Ireland finals, and I think he's twenty six now. He's re he looks physically uh, ready to go. He got four points today from play from wing forward, and I think he is going to be a massive addition to what Waterford are going to do this year. Um, so yeah, that's all. I was, that's all I wanted to come on and say. I think he's he's a, he's a huge. He's going to be a huge influence for Waterford uh, in twenty twenty. Could I could I ask you a question? You can. Do you think you're now ready 
Do you think you're ready? Could you take Limerick if you get to All-Ireland stage? Is it there? Is the depth there? Is the belief there? Is the quality there? Is the reserves there? Do you think you're now ready for them? I absolutely. I, I'm, I'm actually a Wexford man myself now, but uh, from, from watching Hurling and, and, and knowing a bit about Waterford, you know, to list off subs of Irla Daly, um, Jamie Barron, Austin Gleeson, Porig Manny, Shane Bennis, uh, these all, none of these fellas, none of these fellas started today. Um, and I think Waterford, Waterford actually, I think have have the depth of a squad to go, to get through around Robin and, and and you know to 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 go and and give Limerick as good a game as anyone has in the last three or four years. Um, I absolutely think Waterford are 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 here. They're ready, and I think they're they're not too far off when they're not Ireland now. That yet. That's I don't exciting. think. Do you know something? To hear that, I don't think. Uh, and I don't think Wexford are too bad. Wexford are four to one a couple of weeks ago to win Leinster. I think they might have drifted after they were beaten by Waterford. I've watched Wexford a number of times this year. Wexford are not bad. Wexford will threaten a Leinster title this year. And I am blue telling people up around home, do not be surprised if Wexford win a Leinster. I think they have a great makeup about them, size, strength. I think they're playing a far better brand of hurling. I don't think Wexford are going to be a million miles away and don't be surprised if they take a serious scalp this year. No, I agree. And I think I think Leinster is absolutely, it's it's there, it's there to be won for Wexford. Yep. Um, what are you seeing from Dar Egan this year, Aidan? Is there anything different <clears throat> in Wexford uh, in the way that you're setting up? I like I like Dar Egan now. I think he's uh, he's bringing something a little bit different to Wexford. Do you know, I think the focus is now on Wexford and it's not on the manager anymore, which I think is is a big help. And there's they're, they're not as they're not as been fo- they're not as focused on as much in the media, which is great. So they're they're been let do they're been let do their thing rather than you know been in the spotlight for di- for for things that aren't hurling related. Um, Interesting. Interesting and to hear I, that. And I think that, you know, Wexford really played to Conor Mack's strengths yesterday in a sense. You know, they, they actually got the ball into him. Um from from what I, from what I know of Conor McDonald, he uh he's as good a ball winner as there is in the country. Um you know can, can he, you mentioned you started off there by saying that Patrick Kern is a ticking time bomb, that he's ready to explode. Are we are we looking for the same from Conor McDonald? Because we know uh, how stylish and quality he is, but have we seen enough of it yet? Connor Mack is an, an unbelievable hurler. Um, you know, under Davy, it was it it was kind of like we we always had a sweeper. And to be fair, people gave out about the sweeper, but it it got us, it kept us in a lot of games and it won us a lot of games. But on the on the flip side of the coin, uh, it didn't get the best out of Connor McDonald. You know, yeah. any ball that went into Connor McDonald under Davy, he was dealing with two on one. Where you know, yesterday, a lot of time. It was it was him and Dotty Burke, and he was winning his ball. He's the best ball winner in the country if 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 we play to his strengths. And uh, I think with Rory O'Connor beside him and, and Lee Chin coming back into it now as well, I think it can only it can only bode well for for Connor Mack this year also. Yeah, definitely. It, it's a forward stream being one on one inside Dotty, isn't it? Oh, hundred percent. He was very unlucky with about nine minutes to go. A high ball was struck from under the stand side, the new stand side. And as it dropped, you could see he was standing behind Dahi Burke. And just before it dropped, all I could think about was Johnny Dooley, who used to love that, drifting behind the slightest little flicking up at the hand. Now, Dahi Burke made an unbelievable catch. But in that little snapshot for me, I just thought, and remembering the games that they played and against Limerick earlier on this year, they sat him on the edge of the square. He's an unbelievable ball winner and finisher. And I'm saying, now look at the ball Wexford are playing in. Now they have a serious threat that's there. And when you factor Lee Chin back in, Wexford have size, strength and pace. And a really interesting point that you've made there, on in relation to previously, you rob Peter to pay Paul. When you look at your strengths, and if sometimes, as not very often, you get a team and a lot of their strengths are up front, play to them. Waterford a number of years ago just didn't have enough belief or courage or conviction particularly in the All-Ireland final when, when they were beaten by, by Galway and they lost one heavily a semi-final at Kilkenny as well and they just were so defensive now yeah. Watford are totally different like big strong powerful forwards with skill and pace just bloody well have it all but they're playing up front 
And when they get the ball, everything is forward, forward movement at speed, you know, going for the jugular the whole time. And it's that's why I love looking at them. I, I know I've liked looking at Wexford earlier on this year. Galway still play a nice brand of hurling. I don't think they're quite there yet. Tip will always try to play a nice brand. Kilkenny have mixed it up a bit and they're still a decent team to watch. So there's a good mix of teams still there. But for me, it's Limerick with, with, with Waterford, a real threat. And I've said this before, I'll say it again, I still think Wexford may be a really, really outside chance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think Leinster is definitely there for us. Um, it's a flip, it's a toss, it's a, it's a puck of a ball between ourselves, Dublin, Kilkenny and Galway. So... We're we're in the mix, and sure, hopefully we can we can bring some silverware home this year. Please God, we Aidan, Aidan, thanks very much for joining us. Great to hear from yes. you. Hopefully we'll hear from you again on GA late night. We're going to yeah. be here every every Sunday. So that was brilliant. Uh, points on water for the Wexford from Aidan there. We'll talk yes. to you soon. Bye bye. Take, Take care. Cheers, Aidan. All right, Dahi. Like that's that's uh, that's an interesting one on Patrick Curran. He is somebody that has been catching the eye the last little while. Like Jesus, these Waterford boys, they have some some talent and attack. And like you're looking at Cork. And we've mentioned already, three times in a row they've been hockeyed now by Limerick. Or the two out of three they've been hockeyed by Limerick. Were, the other, were they okay in one of the games or did they win one of the games? Yeah, they won the league, won the league they game. Won the league game. They won the league game. When they look phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like so, like, can Cork put it up to Limerick? Are they able to do it the way they're going? Like, it, it's, I think there's not a psychological, there's a psychological problem here now for Cork. Yeah. They're not as good as Limerick, just not good enough to beat Limerick and not, not playing the way they are. Like, a mainstay of any team is a half-back line, and you don't want to get your half-back line turned. You look at the size and the strength of the Limerick half-back line and what they contributed today. And Cork's half-backs, they just lack that strength, that power, that definition about them that, you know, if you go back over great half-back lines, Keedy, McInerney, Finnerty, if you go back over the Cork half-back line of Gardner, Sean Ogan, Curran, yes. you know, you go back JJ Delaney, you go back Brian Hogan and Tommy Walsh. Outstanding half-back lines that, Broke a lot of teams down. You know, Tip had it with, with, with the Mars and that as well. Great half-back lines. Like, Cork just lacked that definition that's there. And, like, their half-forward line was just totally ineffectual today. They were beaten by bigger, stronger men who bullied them. Like, you don't have to be as big and as strong as them to have to fight in you that you can stop a fella and hold a fella up. Like, plenty of smaller fellas have gone out and done great jobs before. The size mm. does help. But, like, the Limerick half-back line bossed them. Now, it's not the first half-forward line they've bossed, but there wasn't a mark left on them. Not a glove left on them today. On their home pack. Why, why is that? I, I, you see, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why it is. It's because Cork are, set, are, are been set up not to get into conflict and not to get the ball into the conflict zones. The difficulty with that was by trying to play it short and work through with them and targeted the corner backs, targeted Coleman whenever he got a ball and came at them in droves, came at them in waves. So every Cork player that got a ball, ultimately one of them, if it was the first pass, the second pass or the third pass, by the time one of them got it, Someone was on him that quick that the next one wasn't able to go to hand or it was forced or it went back and then it was struck. And then it was landing into the zone that Cork didn't want, the conflict zone, you know, down on top of the Limerick half-back line where they had kind of these three big, strong, fast, forceful men. But Cork's game plan was, you know, ultimately you could see, you could see he was trying to find somebody, trying to find somebody, and then he just went long. And when he went long, I think something like, 90, I see a stat there to see, was 97% of those long puckouts. Yeah. Extraordinary. If you are going to win an All-Ireland final, you've got to be able to go into the trenches when your game plan isn't working. And if you play a game that's predicated on accuracy at speed, mm. if that gets broken down during the game, you've got to be able to say, right, route one until we get our pattern back up again. And then you've got to be able to fight for everything that you have to win ball. And they just were not capable of doing it today. Yeah, well, Dahi, just to, to keep you in the loop here, um, Lowry is still top. Kante is behind him and Van Royen as well. He's a, he's a shot clear. He's a putt for par. He's six foot out. I'm going to let you go. You've been very good. On your holidays down on Liscanner to jump on to the very first edition of GA Late Night. It's your first night backing off the ball in a while. You've been a busy man. I wanted to ask you a few questions about Jack and how he's getting on. I wanted to talk to Rome Football with you this week. We didn't get the chance. We uh, will hopefully have you back on GA Late Night again. I don't know if I can convince you to do it again next week. Happy but, uh, to. Really enjoyed it. So nice to be back. And, you know, I'd like to see more people coming on and having the chat. Yeah. 
as was said earlier on there, it's, it's not about agreeing or whatever. Have, we all have our views. All we are as supporters at this stage. You know, we all have our different views and Cork people mightn't like some of the comments. Come on and give us what you're thinking. You're Definitely. closer to the scene than we are and we get a bit of banter going on this thing. But the more participation, the better it'll be for all. Yeah, absolutely. And just to give a shout out for the next weekend's games on Saturday, Antrim Cavan in the Ulster quarterfinal in the football. In the Leinster round robin, it's Wexford Dublin, Kilkenny Leash, Galway Westmead. And on Saturday night in the Gaelic grounds, it's Limerick up against Waterford in championship. On Sunday, four o'clock, Mayo against Galway in the Connacht quarterfinal. We have an Ulster quarterfinal in the football with Donegal and Armagh. We have another Munster round robin game with Tip and Clare and Semple. And we've got three Leinster games. Wicklow Leash, Loud Carlow, Wexford Offaly. I tell you what, Dahi, if we start at half eight next week on GA late night, we might be going until midnight. So Good stuff. Uh, Look forward to it. Best of luck to Shane Lowry. We'll just leave it at that. And Here we uh, go. All the best. Thanks, thanks very much, Dahi. Thanks bye, for listening into GA late night. Good if night you've missed any of tonight, cheers, Dahi. Bye-bye. Take care. If you've missed anything from today's show, we are going to podcast GA late night in the OTB GA feed. That is also where you'll get the GA report. I'm putting together a podcast here with all of the sounds and the reaction from all the games today and this weekend in the GA. We've had reporters out across the grounds. Um, we've got uh, Andy Moran chatting tomorrow, Trasny Cali over in Ryslip. We've got Colin Bonner and we have Liam Cahill talking after what reaction from Cork Limerick as well and, and Saturday's games too. So that's going to be in, in the OTB GA feed later on tonight. You're also going to get the Hurling Pod with James Cahill and Paul Murphy. And you're also going to get the Football Pod with James O'Donoghue and Paddy Andrews, GA and Off the Ball, which will be Monday mornings, OTB AM. Actually, that's a lie. It's a bank holiday. So Jaron Owen are not getting up tomorrow morning. So do not set your alarms for OTB AM tomorrow morning. The boys will be back on Tuesday. And I think we might convince Owen to bring out the power rankings um, for the football. So that's it from GA Late Night. Thanks very much for joining me on the first one. It was a bit of a trial run. We said we'd see how it went. We'll try and compete with the League of Ireland Late Night, which takes place every Friday with Nathan Murphy, Johnny Ward and Shane Keegan. So hopefully we can grow a bit of a community here uh, on a Sunday night and we'll get talking GA every week. So we'll be back next Sunday night. Just keep an eye on the Off The Ball channel and uh, we'll talk to you again. So thanks very much for joining us and take care. Best of luck to Shane Lowry tonight in the RPC Heritage. We'll all be watching that.